we can hold more than one emotion at the same time. And the cultivation of joy might look different during a moment of grief or heaviness, but it is entirely essential. To give ourselves joy for a moment doesn't mean that we care less or that we're grieving less or that we're not thoughtful enough. Joy isn't in opposition to the experience. Joy is the tool that lets us navigate through it. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Why, hello there. It is your gal, Carly. And today we have your gal, Anitza. Hi, Carly. Hey, Anitza. I am so glad that you are with us for the month of December. We're on our final episode for December. I'm going to miss having you here. And I know I'm not the only one. Will you come back again, please? Any day, anytime, call me and I'm happy to interview you. Happy to be a part of the show. So if you haven't met Anita before, Anita is the project manager for me over here at Everybody Thrive. She oversees the podcast and all sorts of moving pieces for the company. And we were reflecting upon how do we offer something short and sweet during this otherwise full time of year to the women out there like you who probably have full plates. And we came back to this concept from the field of positive psychology, this equation, pleasure plus meaning equals thriving. We notice people that have P plus M equals T, that's our abbreviation, are folks who balance having a little bit of both. We've got the things that are meaningful and the things that are joyful in our lives. And just paying attention to that can make a world of difference. So Anita has crafted questions to ask me about meaning and about pleasure as we talk about those two things coming together. I am so curious, Anita, what's on deck today? What are we talking about? So this is a question that I have just been playing with and toying with, and I can't wait to hear your response. But a lot of people talk about joy in the holidays, and the holidays can be filled with lots and lots of joy. But a lot of people are also going through a lot of really hard times, and the holiday days aren't always most the most joyous. So I want to know, Carly, how are you able to stay motivated and show up? while your heart may feel a bit heavy during these times, or maybe you just need a nap, but you aren't feeling a hundred percent like you. Oh my gosh. That's the question, right? Because we all brush up against this. How do I go to work when my heart is heavy, when I'm going through a breakup, or I just had a fender bender, or I've got a family member having a tough time, or somebody just talked to me in a way I didn't like, how do I still show up for the thing I care about? And you used a really powerful word there. How do you stay motivated? You know, my honest answer is, I think motivation is like a fickle boyfriend. I don't count on it for squat. Like my motivation level changes day to day. If I counted on it, it's like, gosh, it's always got its eye on the next best thing. My motivation is always thinking about what's this new shiny idea. It doesn't want to do the thing that might actually be the most practical or the most helpful. And so I think for me, the question isn't about motivation. The question is about devotion. What am I devoted to? 
Right. So how do I stay devoted to something that I care about? Because my motivation levels, like if you took it, like, like if you could take a temperature, like a thermometer, a motivation thermometer, my reading would be wackadoo, like low, high, low, high all day long, depending on what's going on right in the rest, in the rest of my life. So how do I stay devoted? How do we stay focused on what matters when our heart is heavy? When my heart is heavy about something, I do my best to make the other areas a lot simpler. So we talk a lot about the big three here on Messy and Magnificent, the big three being our career, our health, and our relationships, or any combination thereof. And so if my heart is heavy, for example, with a personal relationship, let's say I'm going through a romantic breakup or just had a big argument, my heart is heavy in the personal regard, then I look for ways that I can simplify the other areas, right? So how could I make the workday a little lighter? Is there a project or an email that's not essential today? or this week, or this month, that I could delegate to a different time? Or does my workout need to shift a little bit? I think what we're talking about here is having the courage to tend to what needs tending to. So if my heart is heavy, how do I tend to that? How do I not just completely stuff it away? I might need to give it a time frame, right? If I do need to still show up for work, I can't wallow all day long or be tender all day long. Okay. How do I tend to it for a few moments? And then give myself respite and focus on work again? And how can I simplify the areas that aren't heavy so that I'm able to just show up? And your part of the answer is in the question, you know, and my heart is heavy, Anita, or you just need a nap. <laughs> like that's part of it too, is how do I nourish my way through this? Right? Rather than force my way through this, rather than compartmentalize my way through this, how do I nourish myself through this, even if it's just 3%? Do I need an extra glass of warm water? Do I need a blanket? Do I need to move something off my calendar that isn't essential right now? And in that way, we give ourselves permission to be humans, to feel the full spectrum and the reality of what has happened and pay attention in real time and live into a little bit that does need to be prioritized simultaneously. This episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy. 15 years of coaching thousands of women has taught me that it doesn't matter how good our plans, our intentions are, our network, or even our access to external resources. If we don't have the boundaries we need to honor what we care about, we will always struggle with a lack of time or energy or money or downright satisfaction. You see, women who have thriving, healthy careers and relationships know that boundaries aren't just something nice you get to later. There's something you practice gently now so that you have the later that you want. So you can get free access to the recording of the Boundaries Brunch we did right before the Boundary Academy opened. There's a link to it in the show notes wherever you're listening or head on over to carlyfane.com. And in this 45-minute class, you're going to learn the three mindsets that women with healthy boundaries already know and live into. Plus, Lots of rich, candid conversation with thought leaders in the field of boundaries and women who are just getting started. There's nothing for sale in there. Just rich content you're not going to get anywhere else. Because that hunch you're meant to be doing something meaningful and enjoyable with your life and career, it's right. I hope you'll join me and women from around the world that are making having boundaries oh so doable. Well, Carly, I'm kind of speechless because you're really hitting home and that's hitting deep. And so I had a totally different question planned for you. Now I have to know, how do you find pleasure 
when meaning is heavy? Like, what is your relationship with joy look like when everything else just feels so taxing? Ah, there it is. What a practical real world question that is. I have multiple answers that are all related to the same thing, but they all come back to one main premise, which is that we can hold more than one emotion at the same time. And the cultivation of joy might look different during a moment of grief or heaviness, but it is entirely essential. And that to give ourselves joy for a moment and whatever that looks like, and I'll give examples of that in a minute, doesn't mean that we care less or that we're grieving less or that we're not thoughtful enough. Suffering doesn't make us better at meaning. It doesn't. And it doesn't necessarily connect us to what it is that we're grieving in a, in a productive way. And so if I'm honest, it depends on the level of heaviness. When something's particularly heavy, sometimes I have to like twist my own arm into joy. And I'll give an example of what that looks like. So I had a a heavy thing going on. I have a relationship change happening right now and I'm processing, you know, in, in my romantic life, does this relationship make sense? Does it not make sense? And felt really heavy and hard a couple of weeks ago. And I had to literally press pause on the sad music that was in my iPod while I'm like cooking dinner and say, you know what? One song, Carly, I need you to pick one freaking song that makes you shake it. And I need you to shake it. Like, I need you to just dance around this room and enjoy yourself. Like give yourself respite from suffering for one moment. You can come back to this when the song is done, if you want to. And so it was like, oh, and I put the song on and I just wasn't in it for a minute. But after a while, Hopefully we all have some song that just makes us move. And it was great. Next thing you know, I'm doing two or three songs. It doesn't always happen like that. Sometimes it's just one song and I'm kind of forcing it the whole time. And and that's what it is. Sometimes it's as simple as Anitza is just asking the question, what brings me closer to joy right now? You know, and for me in that moment, it was, well, I need to feel love. I need to feel love. Like who do I feel love with easily? And for me, I'm fortunate to have two toddler nephews that are very expressive of love. So I hang out with them a little extra, you know, because that's great. So it starts with permission to feel joy. When things are heavy, joy isn't in opposition to the experience. Joy is the tool that lets us navigate through it. And so when our hearts are heavy, the question becomes, what brings me joy and and what feels like an appropriate way to express that right now or what brings me love or what brings me comfort or what brings me connection? What brings me the resources I need in order to navigate this thing that otherwise is tender or hard or challenging so that we're not punishing ourselves at the same time we're already feeling low? Not punishing ourselves and we're already feeling low. Wow, do I feel like I just have a degree in that? But... <laughs> Don't we all? Haven't we all? Why do we do that? That's a whole other episode. But like, while I'm down, let me just kick myself for being down there. Right? It's like, okay, I'm down today. And that's allowed. And if I need a moment of respite, or I need something to help me navigate through this, let's remember that equation. Pleasure plus meaning. I can't just do meaning. What's the pleasure? That'll allow me to thrive here. As we're talking about joy, our listeners out there, It would bring me so much joy to hear how you all are filling your cup and are finding small ways to re-nourish yourselves, maybe during hard times or just times that are stressful and taxing. So please let us know in iTunes or by sending me an email at anisa at everybodythrive.com. I cannot wait to hear how 
mothers and how um, CEOs and how other 26-year-olds are finding joy in their holiday season. Oh, I love that. As you talk about, Anitza, how we're all so unique and different, whether you're a mother, you're a CEO, you're 26, you're all of the above, you live in Australia, you're 80 years old. You know, what is it that you're able to lean into joy around? What sparks the flames of joy for you right now? And I'm aware that our next episode is going to be in the new year. So we have done it. We have navigated more than two years of episodes together. And as we enter 2022, know that we're going to be coming in with a whole new series of episodes for you. But I'll give you one quick hint. We are not going to be requiring you to figure out your entire new year plan, (laughs) create all of your goals, or have your resolutions ready in January. I don't know about you, but I find this time of year to be a terrible time of year for doing our year planning. Instead, we're going to share a little bit more about how we come home to ourselves before we begin to make new plans in the new year. So get ready for episodes that are going to deeply fill your cup. But between now and then, know this, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what it is you value, leaning in the direction of joy in whatever that looks like for you right now. And we'll see you again next week and next year. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.